Hello and welcome to 8Pixel Radio. Today we have Zach Grosser. I'm Zach Grosser. I uh, run Zox Studios, the presentation design agency. I'm American but live in Amsterdam. And I also have a design interview podcast, but a little bit different called Bezier. And we interview creatives who you might not normally hear on design podcasts. Sounds good. I've never been sure how to pronounce Bezier. So thank you for that. I'm going to write it down phonetically so I can get it right every single time. Those are great. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I always wonder if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Well, maybe (laughs) nobody knows. And we're all in this together. It's also great to meet somebody who's running a studio that is very specific. We spoke about this just before, and I'm a big fan of people who do one thing really, really well. So really great to meet you. Thanks so much. Yeah, presentation design is definitely a niche. Uh, I feel like every day I'm meeting another person that does it. So I feel like it is changing. Um, but yeah, still very niche. And uh, But I think that's nice. I think it's a nice place to be in where people are seeking you out for a very specific task instead of having... You know, as a design agency, I feel like a lot of the time what you're really doing is competing with other design agencies, um, less so than just competing with your client's budget. Um, and so it's not, I think it's nice to have a niche and differentiate in a different way other than just like, you know, here's the clients we've worked with. I think that's a lot of the times how traditional agencies can compete is on pricing, like their pedigree the sort of stuff they can do, I think is where you can get really a little bit more unique. Absolutely. Let's jump into the question, shall we? Sure. Okay, question number one. What one song or album can you listen to on repeat? Yeah, I'd say in the past five years, this is like Anti by Rihanna. Um, okay. I definitely have songs that were in my CD visor holder uh, in high school that were you know you put them in and play them the whole way through but but more recently i think that's what why oh i i mean i just think there's no no skippable tracks like every single one of them is great and uh, i don't know i could just put it on you just listen to the whole way through i i feel like today like the the way that we listen to music with, with stuff like spotify it's it's all about like curating a playlist and having yeah. different stuff and and so you, with albums, at least for me, I'm less likely to listen to one since we moved away from CDs. And so it's just the only one that I think like no questions asked, just press play and listen to the whole thing. I think it's good that you can listen to an entire album without getting bored. That's probably a good sign that they did a good job on that that particular record. Is there any one song on the album that you would put front and center or is it just end to end solid? It's a really good question. I, I, there probably is like three answers to that question, but I would just say like, listen to the whole thing. <laughs> I, I do agree with you that the Spotifyication, that's not a word, of yeah, music yeah. in that it's kind of short, throwaway, in heavily influenced by Drake's style of creating music and let's get a track as short as possible so we can listen to the hook is not great for me because I also really like to listen to albums and when I ask people what their favorite album is and they don't have an answer, I feel personally offended that there isn't one on there. So great, great answer. I'm a big fan of uh, big fan of Rihanna too. All right, second question is actually a question I haven't asked you to prepare for. Okay. It's a random question. And are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. 
So Twitter is everyone's favorite place to waste time. But what year was it founded? Well, I used to work for Jack Dorsey, so I feel like I should know this. You should. Um, so Square was founded in 2009. And at that point, he wasn't at Twitter. So I want to say 2004, but it might be 2001. Was one of those right? 2001 was wild. A uh, wild guess. It's 2006. 2006. Yes. Oh. Which I, I can see. So it was around about the time when I suppose the original iPhone was coming out. And there was that big boom in loads of different fun stuff happening. Well, the App Store didn't come out until 2009. And that's when Uber Square, like that whole round. Uh, but Twitter actually started as a text message service for uh, it's a text message service and Jack was using Blackberry. So it was oh. originally like for people with Blackberries, which was more common than the tech scene then, obviously. Yeah. Like a BBM replacement. Yeah, exactly. I never had a Blackberry and I was always very jealous of people who were sharing their BBM numbers, which is completely madness to think about now that people were pinging each other these codes to get access to each other. I love it. I yeah. love it. I think. I think we should bring back Black. Well, I mean, I saw that BlackBerry is making a, an Android phone right now that's it's got a physical keyboard, and it's right. kind of compelling. <laughs> right. I'd be a fan of that. I find it really hard to actually type on screens, and it's always wrong. Always get it's always wrong. wrong. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll be down for a BlackBerry. Let's get let's get them together. Let's do it. All right. Question. Well, official question two. Okay. What do you find yourself having to consistently convince other people of? This is a great question because I have such an easy answer that I feel like you're really going to relate to okay. is that it doesn't matter what time zone I'm in. Like, nice. I, so I live in Amsterdam. I do pitch decks. Majority of our business is pitch decks. And so most of our clients are still in the Bay Area. We have clients in other places uh, all over the world, but I would say 80% of our clients are in the Bay Area. And that's the biggest hurdle when trying to sign a new client is the, well, the time difference. Like, yeah. what if I need to get on a call with you? There's so little overlap in our schedules. And it's one of those things where I, I mean, we've gone as far as we have people in North America on our team and it's not the reason to hire them, but it, it's helpful that they're there to say like, well, we have team members in your time zone, but it's one of those things where as soon as we start working with these people that are super skeptical of working with someone nine hours away from them, yeah. they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. I wake up and the work is done. Yeah, and then exactly. I leave feedback and then I go to bed and I wake up and the work is done and they love it. And But it's having to convince every, almost every mm -hmm. single potential client that it's not going to be a problem. Um, especially because I think people in leadership roles, especially at tech companies, they do most of their work in meetings mm. and people like creatives that produce things do most of their work outside of meetings. And at least in my experience and for yeah. myself, like I would prefer being in less meetings always. Oh, yeah, geez. And so, yeah, I'm always trying to convince people like it doesn't matter where I am. <laughs> That's awesome. How do you, oh, I, I can relate to that. Um, I'm sure it's, it is tricky and you're also right in that I just get my work done when people aren't around because I'm not in the meetings where we're talking about the work. I'm just getting it done. So it's, it's great. I can be a lot more effective and a lot more efficient without that. 
cross over. It's obviously a little, potentially a bit more lonely, but you can still get the work done. How do you find yourself getting around it other than just proving your experience and saying, hey, it's so, worked for this company? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, pretty much how I explained it to you is how I explained it to the clients. It's like everybody says this and then they love it. <laughs> and then um, we have a, a director of accounts that's based in the Bay Area. And, uh, you know, having him on the team has been amazing and trying to get him to be in the phone calls rather than me is also a way to sort of avoid this. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, it's not me in a meeting at the end of the day, um, which is fine, which is yeah. good. It's good for me, but sometimes the clients are like, I want to talk directly to the person doing the thing. Um, but yeah, that's client management, I think. <laughs> yeah, I suppose lots of people could potentially see that as outsourcing even though you're actually, you are the company. <laughs> but that's, I can see where that, that can naturally go in someone's head of, they're international, that means they're being outsourced. That means it's probably not going to be very good. And it goes down this pit. And you probably have them to like, no, 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 no. It's not like that. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe with COVID, things are changing. People's mm. perspectives on remote work is changing, even though most people that had never tried remote work in the pandemic, it's very, as you know, it's very different. Like I was remote before the pandemic and it got much harder. Mm. So yeah, I, I don't know that people have gotten a real taste of what remote life can be, but I think they at least get an understanding of what it's like to work with people in places and companies are maybe hopefully more willing to hire people outside the US that wouldn't. Yeah, work. you'd like to think so. There's just so much talent around the world that can't or doesn't want to move to major cities. And it's a real challenge to try and make, if you do hire those people, to make them feel welcome. Uh, we, we spoke before about like, culture is really difficult to make work in person let alone remotely and other than just kind of an over communication of your values and what you're up to it's difficult for that person to once they've closed the, the device to be like oh yeah i'm part of this team it's really hard yeah yeah i uh, the solution is to have everybody remote but <laughs> it's yeah. a whole other conversation yeah and there's also obviously some great companies that are doing that where everyone, yeah. where everyone is remote and I do, I do admire that a lot in just that, that pure driven attitude of, no, this is, how, this is it, how it is, and this is going to work, and we're going to make it work. Yeah. Okay, next question. What's the best thing you've never worked on? Oh, I've never worked on. When I was preparing for this, uh, I thought the question was ever worked on. Okay, well. So I was all prepared for that. That's yeah. okay. I can do this. I have a good answer for this too. Um, I really shouldn't. Okay. So in the world of pitch decks, they're all confidential. So the deck that I saw, I probably shouldn't have saw. Okay. I, I shouldn't have seen this deck. And I, you know, I apologize if this like maybe outs like somebody for having like distributed a deck they shouldn't. But um, uh, are you familiar with Poolside FM? Yes. Okay. They have probably the best pitch deck I've ever seen. And I didn't work on it. And it's one of those things that you see and you think that you should quit your job because you'll right. never okay. make anything yeah. as good as that. Uh, for me, I, you know, I, I'm assuming it was done in-house because it's so much built around their brand and their culture, which is how pitch decks should be and what we you know, specialize in. But I just feel like it is so well done to the specific style of their products. Um, that I was just like, wow, I should just never do anything again. Uh, I'm 
I'm going to quit and go do a job that doesn't involve the computer. Like it, yeah. it was, it was the best deck I've ever seen. That That's really great to hear because their brand is so strong and you yeah. can, you can just smell the talent in that creative house where it's, it's opinionated and very particular to that, to that brand and that business. So that's really great. Well, not great that it was leaked, but great that you managed to see it sure. and yeah. were impressed by I, it. I, apo- I apologize to whoever, uh, works there that yeah i i know i shouldn't have seen it but if you worked on it if you listen to this and you worked on that deck i would like to hear from you please we commend you <laughs> i think it's just great um well free free marketing forever pulled that one together is, is yeah. for that's that's great thank you so much i yeah i love the branding i love the product um I, i'm curious to know what your answer was to what you have ever worked on yeah, when I worked at Square, I was the communications design lead, and we did the, the IPO. And um, I'd never worked on an IPO before. I was much younger in my career. And uh, after you IPO, you have these quarterly earnings for like investor statements. Um, we weren't the first company to custom design them, but most companies like you still have to file to the SEC this like Word document right. styled one. It's in Word, it's in Times New Roman. There's like, you have to submit that no matter what you do. But most companies, because that's the required one, that they just stop there. I see. A couple other companies, like we were doing research, like some other companies customized theirs. Um, But it was a project where I had 100% creative control. It was sort of like, this is Zach's project, like let him like do this. And um, it, it was impactful. Like it's important to the company. It's, you know, it's, it's an important project is like our quarterly investor updates. And I just had free reign and got to do something in my own style. We like cracked open InDesign and like laid it out and made, I think, a really great, like impression of what our values were through the design work, highlighting customer stories, like putting the customer first is always something that Square focused on. So it was just really great to be able to do that. And, um, you know, we, we made it in Square shape, uh, even though like sometimes these things get printed out, that's why we're working in design is it, it does become a PDF that people print. But yeah, I don't know, really fun. We ended up like getting them printed as books as like a thank you for the team members that like are involved in the fundraising and, and the investor updates and anyway, super proud of the work and it was cool just to have like something so mission critical to the, a company that size just be my like creative responsibility and i like i said i was younger so it was just like a cool opportunity to have in general that's you've made it sound like something people actually want to read as opposed to a times new roman word document that's going to be like here's the information thank you very much see you later yeah, I, I mean, like, there are people that want to read those too, but I was hoping, like, there would be people that would want to read it outside of the traditional, yeah. like, investor analyst community. Yeah, I think as, as more designers, engineers, product people, whoever, become interested in things like investing and running their own businesses, these are the kind of documents they're probably going to have to produce. And if you can make it more accessible to people to get in, if I think about the idea of, trying to raise investment it's effectively a wall in front of me that i don't know how to get through and if you can make that a little bit more digestible for people who everyone's a winner sure absolutely 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that's the goal of so much of design though, is making things simpler, making them more accessible, making it so that people can understand complex com topics more easily. Yeah. Great. Love that. I'm so glad we actually went there. Yeah, me too. Okay. Now we have a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Bad Presentations. Because there's nothing better than staring at walls of text as someone reads it back word for word to you. I personally love it, and I know that Zach does as well. Oh, absolutely. And now, back to our regularly scheduled program. It was a great sponsor to have while I was here. Thank you. I'm so glad we hooked that one up. It took a lot of work, but we got there. Are you ready <laughs> for question four? Let's do it. Okay. What would your last meal be? Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty simple. Like, I love sushi, anything with fresh fish. I, you know, uh, I live in Amsterdam, and I wouldn't say that um, Amsterdam's known for its cuisine, just to be, you know, the politest way to say that. So there is great food there, but I wouldn't say there's great sushi there. And so, yeah, every time I travel, that's what I seek out. So. Okay, let's go, let's go a little bit further. Talk to me through this sushi. Talking through sushi, I don't know. I like salmon, so like maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe something salmon-based. Okay, and are you drowning this in soy sauce? Is there going to be any soy sauce on the table? Just a little bit. I mean, like, I like some wasabi, yes. a dip in the, the soy sauce, and yeah. Any uh, so any other things on the table? We've got pickled ginger, then you know the other sides in here. We can have dumplings, we can have gyoza or anything. I, I love pickled ginger. I love some seaweed salad. Um, if it's my last meal. Your last meal. Maybe a Coca-Cola. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Push that boat out, please. Maybe uh maybe a beer as well. Okay. Uh, I don't know. If you we're know, really, really like reaching for the sky here on last <laughs> meal. Right. I always think like I always used to think with last meal we're talking about like the death row meal, but I like to think it was just like you know that you know it's you're on your deathbed or you know you're in old age, you know it's like coming, you know, what do you plan? So I'd like to think about it like that too, a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> yeah. And is <laughs> Is the sushi going to be brought in any like novel device? I've had sushi before in a fancy bamboo boat. Are we going anywhere with this? Oh, I do like the the like boat restaurants where it's on the like a little canal. But yeah. no, I I'm I'm not. I don't need it to be fancy. I do have like champagne tastes at times. Okay, but you know I'm not super picky when it comes to this. We can get you a glass of champagne as well. That would give you three drinks. So um, you can have whatever you want. Why not? So you mentioned uh, that you normally think of this as a death row meal. Yeah, last, I try not last to. meal in air quotes. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely where I was going with it. So, did you actually consider whether or what your crime would be? Well, so that's I guess that's kind of where I was like, last meal does not imply death row meal, um, and I was trying to like deprogram that. Sometimes we have these biases from our childhood. And yes, like media so when i read this question in advance i was like wait a minute it doesn't imply that i'm on death row that's great you're yeah. you're clean clean conscience i'm trying <laughs> just go ahead and enjoy your sushi and your two drinks and have a fantastic yeah. evening or lunch or breakfast whenever you decide to have this right before it's my time <laughs> <laughs> just just before okay awesome thank you and uh, the final question question number five is 
the most important question. What is your favorite curse word? Mm, I, I'm a simple man with simple fucking needs. Like the <laughs> F word, I just feel like it is, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It does so much. It's so versatile. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think I use fuck probably the most and not the most of anybody. Just like for me personally, of all my curse words, it's probably the one I use the most frequently. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you stub your foot. It's a great one to turn to. Uh, you ruin dinner. Great one. Uh, I don't know. I don't invest in Bitcoin, but if I did right now, that's the one I might turn to. Right. Stuff like that. Like, fuck. Don't come for me and cut me very deep with the Bitcoin references. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Um, so yeah, I think that it's an excellent word. It's accessible. It's always there when you knew that you can use it as a crutch. I'm a big fan as well. Um, I think everybody so far has also said that that's their favorite one. So yeah, it's universal too. I, I don't know if this is true. Uh, so I'm going to like just lie on your show. Uh, when I was a kid. Okay. Well, I'm going to ruin that for you. I apologize. <laughs> um, when I was a child, I was told that it's an acronym. Oh for fornicating under the consent of the king. I, I don't know if that's true or not. I, I'm taking it that. could be a made up story. Uh, I'm gonna Google it as soon as the show's over. Maybe we should check. And if it's not true, you can just cut this part out. No. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah no. maybe that's that's the origin of fuck. It's like swag, you know, swag, like that's an acronym too. Okay, you are just like yeah. in my brain right now. Um, that's amazing. I didn't know that. And go. if it is true, that's fantastic. If it's not true, you just in you invented something fantastic. And we should get that minted somehow. Get it on T-shirt. Well, I didn't invent it. It was a story I was told as a child. But a yeah, story it, it, from it, somebody who maybe doesn't didn't <laughs> ever exist. <laughs> no, no. A friend told me. Friend told me yeah. A family member told me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's great. Love it. And that's, that's the end of the questions. Thank you so much. I hope you had These fun. are great questions. These are great questions. I think it's very, you really have a great show going on here. Thank you very much. And here's your last opportunity to plug anything you would like to plug. Any handles people should go and check out, any particular projects or whatever you want to say. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm on Twitter, as you mentioned, <laughs> as just Zach Grosser. Um, please check out my studio, Zacht.studio, Z-A-C-H-T. Uh, it's the Dutch word for soft. It's also similar to my name. That's how that happened. Um, we've got a podcast as well. So if you like this podcast, uh, I actually have two podcasts. One is Tech Ethics. It's called Charged. I'm a, a, one of the co-hosts that I was added on. And then the other is Bezier, which I started to interview, as I mentioned, creatives that I, I don't feel are on shows as frequently. Um, yeah. And then we have a blog. If you're super into presentation stuff, it's presentation.design. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next time.